minus 40 seconds. T minus 30 seconds. minus 20 seconds. Welcome to the Play It By Ear podcast, the podcast where the topics have been varied because, hey, we play it by ear. And now your hosts, Eric Fiscus and Grady Lyman. Episode 112 of the Play It By Ear podcast. Yike. <laughs> I'm Eric Fiscus. My co-host, Brady Liming. Hello, hello. I bid you good day. Good day. I, I said good day. I said good day, sir. Savannah's with us. Jerry. Hello, Jerry. Jerry. Uh, Been a while. Real well. All right. Uh, visit our website. Brady. Bam www.playbyyearpodcast.com you can find out about our show uh, other little tidbits about uh, what we do here what we attempt to do here what we've done here it's all there um did you hear my train of thought derail i had something you just, just derailed big time well i guess i'll get back to it um treva's with us hello treva treva so if you've not been here before, we talked 20-ish minutes. Who knows Ish. the last time we talked about 20 minutes on anything. But uh, it's it's some sort of a box we try to live in, which we rarely do. But uh comes spilling out of the box most of the time. But anyway, uh, we exhaust a topic, then we move on. Maxwell. Maxwell's with us. And uh, anyone else? I think we've had uh, four people check in. Anyone else wants to check in, feel free. As always, we welcome your comments. Your comments add to what we do. Uh, honestly, in my topic, I'm going to need people's comments because uh, you know, most of what I talk about here in this topic, I'm not, I don't really know about. Um, but we'll get to that in a moment. Um, I, I, I still got that thing hanging there in my head trying rattling to around like a bb in a can like like i said it, it, I'll, I'll get back to it it'll 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 reemerge at some point probably after we're off the air but yes. at any rate all right so we are on the order on the screen in which we will present our topics i will be first brady will be second and uh, once again we welcome your comments please chime in uh, add to our conversation you are just as important to this as we are Brady got Spectrum uh, Internet now. He's happy. 
I, I not to give a plug, but I'm going to give a plug. I'm I've had it for less than 24 hours, and um, just it was um, just the screen that I'm looking at and the sound, and was watching some uh, Bluey with my daughter a little bit ago streaming, and uh, the 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 picture is so much better. So um, I had high speed internet, but I feel like I've gone from black and white to color. Yeah. Now, I would like to get Spectrum at some point or something similar. I, I have Frontier, and a lot of people diss Frontier. I don't have I a do. problem. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't have a problem with Frontier where I am now. It, it's better than what I used to have, but uh, allows me to stream everything and do what I do here. So I think the good. Frontier um, hardware came from the wagon that was heading out on the Oregon Trail where everybody died of dysentery, and they rescued the internet box that Frontier uses. Because I think that's the frontier it's from. <laughs> Probably so. And I think like I, I just said, ruined any shot of having Frontier as a, an official sponsor. Play well, hey. Frontier's good in Buford anyway for me. I, I can't speak for everyone. But anyway, that's that's another topic and for another day. All right. So my topic is called 35 songs that artists regret or musicians came to regret. So uh, essentially you have a list here and, and we'll kind of uh, bounce through the list here. We'll talk more so, about some than others. But uh, so these are songs that became popular on the charts, but uh, the musicians don't uh, generally like them or they, they never liked them or they don't like them anymore. It's just, it kind of depends. They've but, grown to dislike them from, for circumstances and Maxwell, your power went out. He told us twice. Uh, there were some storms that moved through earlier. I was a little bit concerned. We had yeah. dark clouds illumine about 15 minutes before I went on the air. So Maxwell, who's not too far down the road for me, I evidently lost the power. So hope everybody's okay out there. Maxwell must be on his phone. He must be. All right. So, anyway, so I've got uh, got some videos to some of these songs that I'll share. But like I said, we'll we'll talk about some of these songs a bit more than others. The first one by a band called The Pretenders. Uh, the Pretenders actually from, yeah, exactly from Ohio, uh, Akron, right? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Inner city was gone. Right. Yeah. Uh, Brass in Pocket, uh, the song by The Pretenders. Uh, this was a number one hit, I believe, 1983 or mm -hmm. 82, 83, somewhere along there. Uh, lead singer Chrissy Hind was not thrilled when their producer said it was going to be a single. Uh, she even said this track will be released over my dead body. Uh, the track was released. She did not die. So, uh, and again, it hit number one, uh, became a fan favorite. Now I'm going to, to, uh, share the video here. And I will opine on it after we show this clip while Eric's getting it set up. Um, I'm going to go on record. I was never a fan of this song. Me there was either. a few pretender songs I really liked, but this was not one of them. It annoyed me. I, I totally agree. Firing it up there, Eric. I see the screen changing before his eyes, but it hasn't hit our eyes yet. Hold on. I got to okay. do, do that. 
Okay, there we go. Not, it's not I'll, coming through super well, Eric. Um, well, sorry. I think we might have had some technical glittery here, yeah. but um, but brass in the pocket, you know, it, it's about her using her arms and her legs in her ima- ma- imagination. <laughs> so, um, Eric, why does she dislike it? Uh, it doesn't really say why she disliked it. She just did. Uh, really? And, and, and I'm with you. I, I don't particularly like it either. Now back back on the chain gang, that's a good. Ah, see that they're, they're going with it. that in middle of the road were my yeah. two favorite pretender songs, and um, but yeah, whenever Brass in the Pocket came on, I um, not you know, it it's just an annoying tune. I don't it, it, it I can't even explain why. If she doesn't like it, it probably tells y'all, and she's probably heard it so much. If it was never one of her favorite ones that she wrote to begin with. And then it always gets played. I could that would probably be annoying. Agreed. All right. So next on the list, uh, and and some of these I'm not going to share as videos because everyone really knows them. I think uh, like a virgin, Madonna. Um, this is the song that supposedly irritates Madonna the most. Uh, 1984, I believe. Is that yes. correct? Uh, she was quoted as saying, for some reason, people think that when you go to a restaurant or you're going shopping, that you want to hear one of your own songs. It's usually like a virgin. And that's the one I don't want to hear. She probably remarked or she also remarked she probably would never be able to sing the song again unless someone was willing to pay her $30 million. Um. I, I, I'm going to call her out on this one. It's, it's not difficult to call out Madonna because, you know, she's a self-promoter. You know, she'll take the negative with the positive as long as it's attention. But, but in full, I, I love Madonna. I had a Madonna poster when I was a Ute in the borderline days when, when I found her her most, you know, personally appealing to me. That I, I, I was thought Madonna was pretty hot then. But um, but I don't. I, I'm gonna call her out because I don't think she can not like this song because she prides herself on pushing the envelope, and that song pushed the envelope at the time and got her that you know that that thing that gimmick. So um, and now if she's tired of it, okay, say that, but don't yeah. say if that's the one song and be all cryptic about it. Why? I don't know. Damn. Again, it doesn't say why the, these things just say they these artists like dislike these songs. Really, don't say why. All right, next. Don't you parentheses forget about me parentheses <laughs> simple simple minds exclamation point. Um, no, I have no idea. And once again, here we go. Don't you forget about me? Of course, is. A quintessential 80s song that goes with the quintessential 80s movie Breakfast Club. Correct. And um there, there are some songs if I was an artist, you know, like um like Barbie Girl, you you per, in, in the band that did that Aquanetta or whatever they were. And um that where that song is kind of gimmicky and you could be embarrassed about it, but don't you forget about me. 
holy cow, that's a great yeah. song. It's aged well. It, it's not an embarrassing song. And okay, it's an so, iconic song. So so this does tell why they didn't mm. like it or don't like it. Okay, so anyone, obviously, as Brady said, who's seen The Breakfast Club, familiar with the song. The band was not a fan of this when they were recording it. Now, their their minds may have changed at this point. It doesn't really say that. Uh, well, I guess it does say it. Even though they now admit the song was good at the time, they felt like the band was too hip for a movie soundtrack. Pretentious much? Uh, exactly. I mean, the the Breakfast Club was a cool movie. I mean, it was a, a cool, it was not a, a nerdy or geeky movie. I mean, it was, no. it was cool. I mean, it was headier stuff. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the band also did not get along well with the person who wrote the song. So there, there's that too. There's this. There's thing. that. So they're reminded of a bad relationship. Yeah. So gotcha. So, gotcha. Like, like I said, they, I guess they maybe changed their minds a bit about, they didn't like it at the time. So those feelings again, it's the songwriter may have played into that. And John brings up a very valid point. Mr. Barney. He says that uh, minds change when they see dollar signs. Well, I, I'll get into that one in a moment. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to revisit a conversation we had amongst ourselves. At, <laughs> this, this may fire somebody up, but <laughs> <laughs> not concerned about that at this point uh next one i ran a flock of seagulls um it's their signature song it got them on the map i mean i personally like um uh space age love song or the more you live the more you love i like those two songs better than i ran but i ran strong it is can I make so, a prediction? Is he just upset because of his haircut in the video? No. No, nothing about the haircut. Okay. Um, quite simply, they're sick of playing it. And when it's yeah. the only the only thing people are requesting, you know, you, you mentioned a couple other songs. I don't know what those songs did chart-wise, and quite honestly, I can't yeah. remember off the top of my head what they sound like, although the titles seem somewhat familiar, but... yeah. Um, I, I guess my retort to that is maybe you should have written some higher charting songs. So you don't have to be stuck with this <laughs> one, but that was know, a throw who, down. who, who am I? You know, they're, they're well, maybe hey, millions of dollars more than I have, but um, I would like to say that I ran the song by flock of seagulls out the country. Um, has a little bit of my own personal music fame tied to this fame and quotation marks. But um, the band, when we were doing our 80s gimmick, when we were called the Noble Hardyman, we played the Flying Pig Marathon. And we played in front of the biggest audience we've ever played for in front of. But here's the caveat. Only about 11 were going by at a time. <laughs> so, like, I technically played in front of thousands of people, but they were just not in front of me all at the same time. But And, um, and they only heard 30-second snippets of the show. And the, the 30-second snippets... We abandoned our show about five songs in. It's like, we just need to play. We played Iran on a loop. Because what better song to play for marathon runners going by? <laughs> so you're now sick of the song. Hey, just like it, it got a little bit funny. Um, 
the, the best part about that was at, some of the runners, when they would have registered what we were playing, we got a little bit of a nod and a smirk, like a knowing, you know, which that, that was fun. <laughs> All right. Next song. Unbreak My Heart, Tony Braxton. Not a fan Unbreak of that one. My heart. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, it's it's a wonderfully, you know. Uh, did it get Eric? Am I remembering this too much? Didn't that get played a lot of at our some of our high school dances? I remember one of the teen nightclubs no, that we would no, go no, visit, no, no, and no, that would no, be a, no, 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 no. Song's 1996. What am I thinking of? I don't know what See, you're thinking. Of. I, I I thought that that song was much older than that. Nope, 1996. Okay, uh, I legit, I, th th because I'm a clear dance floor, the Unbreak My Heart song, I just remember like it clearing out dance floors. I don't know, maybe you were chaperoning some dances Oh, that, that is a possibility. Maybe, okay, that explains it. That would have been when I t was in a uh, middle school, high school. So yeah, that makes sense. Good. There you go. Uh, Tony Braxton almost passed on the song. She uh, eventually warmed up to it. She was reluctant to record it at first because she was worried about adding another heartbreak track to the record. So I don't know what else is on that record, but apparently there was... It was a cardiac heavy. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess so. But uh, obviously it turned out to be a pretty big hit. All right, next song. Once again, we go to Madonna. So she doesn't like Like a Virgin. She also doesn't like, you want to take a guess? I am going to guess Vogue. No. Material Girl. All right. So uh, she dis dislikes this one because uh, it's played all the time. Okay. Uh, she, she never wants to hear it again. So I guess the same reason she doesn't like Like a Virgin. Yeah. She's known mainly for those two songs, I think. If you were to pick two Madonna songs that were the uh, upper crust, quote unquote, of Madonna's catalog, I would say yeah. probably those two. Correct? Uh, yeah. And Material Girl. Um. Okay. And, and with her explanation, see, I in, even in the quotes, I don't hear the pretension. It's like, ah, God, that's kind of a repetitive song to begin with. And I played it all these years. So, yes, it's okay to be tired of that one it's all right all right so i'll i'll, I'll get off on this uh, rant right now so she said about um like a virgin you can pay me 30 million dollars to play it okay so i'll go back to the comment by mr barney that uh, their minds change and their opinions change when they see dollar signs so i i go back to a story i read over the summer which, as I said, uh, precipitated a discussion amongst uh, the two of us and our our previous uh, co-host on the show, Todd. Uh, and it was from Ann Wilson from Hart. Now, if, if you know of Hart's catalog, you know the 70s stuff like Barracuda and Crazy, crazy for you, you. Or, yeah, magic man you. yeah right all, all that sort of thing that all was written by Hart. Mm -hmm. 
Ann or Nancy or both or however that went out. So fast forward into the 80s. I believe they had a song or, or an album in the early 80s that didn't do well, if I remember Correct. correctly, which was still material written by them. Didn't do well. I don't know whether they made a conscious decision or their management made a decision. Record company or, pressure. Yeah, it could be. Uh, basically one of those things I think where give us a hit record or you're out sort mm -hmm. of thing. So they decided we're going to make a record and we're going to make a record with songs written by professional Guest songwriters. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, as it turns out, chart wise, Hart had their biggest success in the mid eighties with these songs written by these songwriters. So Ann Wilson says in this story, we, and I'm going to paraphrase here, we sold our souls to make music for the lowest common denominator. Now those, that, that was a quote, lowest common denominator. Now I will say, speaking for myself and probably speaking for a lot of other people, I'm guessing my favorite heart songs are those mid eighties songs. I don't care much for the Barracuda. I don't care much for the crazy on you. I don't, I don't it's just, it's just a different sound. I, I don't like it as much. Not saying I hate it, but if I'm choosing to listen to heart, it's the mid eighties, early nineties stuff. Not that you stuff. hear the vocal performance of alone in the way that oh. that song sounds. It gives me goosebumps to this day. It's one of the biggest sounding songs with that pre-chorus kicks in i'm geeking the, out here a little bit but the, those are the songs i have stated that i would listen to ann wilson sing the telephone book because of the way she sings that song oh yeah i've heard it live it's oh amazing. yeah amazing and i did have goosebumps i like you know because it was just pretty much her i don't want to say acapella but with just barely any accompaniment and that voice came out in that you know, that till now, till now. and I mean, yeah. every hair on my head in the back of my yeah. neck stood up because you will not find a more beautiful, powerful set of pipes there. Right. The stuff they wrote didn't do that to me. It's good. Well, yeah. I mean, I liked it. Yeah. yeah. But to call but your fans the lowest common denominator, yeah, be careful there. Be very careful. But as Mr. Barney said, are you still playing the songs? Are you still cashing the residual checks every time those songs are played on XM radio? Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Donate the money to the fans if you don't like it, or just say, don't play my songs. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Now, John, now, John, I, I'm not, I'm not going to get into a sticks discussion right here. <laughs> I know who I know who you're talking about, and I, I we've we've had this conversation. So you don't get Eric. You, you don't you don't poke him with a stick on the sticks. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, so I I will say like a you know we we had this discussion amongst ourselves. There were differing opinions on this. I just gave you mine. Um. I think Brady was a little bit more on my side. I, I don't want to speak for him, but, uh, you know, don't, don't call your fans that. Yeah. 
you know, it, you again, you're still cashing the checks. The songs are still playing on the radio. I'm get venturing to say you're still singing them in concert. So, well, I know you were because I heard heard uh, that live rendition of Alone well after it was released, at least ten years, if not more. So, yeah, you know, I guess you continue to sell your soul. Is all I'm saying. Yes. Right, and so. Miss Wilson, if you are listening, I love you, and you're wonderful, and I love all of your music. But just, just saying, I, I, I'm not the lowest common denominator. I'm more the least common multiple. But <laughs> anyway, right. <laughs> okay, back to I the want countdown. That on a t-shirt. <laughs> back to the countdown. I sound like Casey Kasem. All right, Strangers in the Night. Frank Sinatra. Could not stand the song Strangers in the Night, and he let everyone know it. He would berate fans who requested the song. He would often preface performances of it by saying, here's a song that I cannot stand. I guess when you're that famous, you don't have to sugarcoat it now, do you? Interesting. But you know what? Again, you know, you know, Frank, you you played the song. The you the fans requested it. You said you couldn't stand the song yet. You still played it. So I don't know. If you hated it that much, you wouldn't sing it anymore. True. All right, next one. Maybe a surprise to you. Stairway to Heaven. Led Zeppelin. And I'm not going to seal the thunder, but I read an article about this when it came out not too long ago, a couple months. And as I read it, here's what I'm going to say. I get his sentiment. He he feels some of it was silly because it looks back and he said, you know, I was such a kid and, you know, it was a little bit of embarrassment. Like, you know, it's kind of like looking back at an old picture that's not fashionable. That's probably how he feels. But that being said, dude, it's one of the greatest songs of all time. It and is. I know why. It, yeah. So, and and this is the comment he made. This was from 1988, so you know, a while ago, 30, 34 years ago. He said uh, at the time, and the song actually came out, I didn't realize it was this old, but it came out in 1971. So the song is as old as we are. Uh, thought the lyrics were very deep and important, but after a decade of performing the song, he wasn't so sure. Um, but that hasn't seemed to stop the fans. I mean, they still like the song, obviously, as you said. Probably one of the great, uh, if you were to make a top 10 of great rock songs, I, I would bet that would be on it. And I would like to say, you know, where Stereo Heaven came out in 1971, you know, the year of our birth. Um, I would also like to say that we are as timeless and silky smooth as that song is still today. We are like Stairway to Heaven. Yes. Getting deep in here, Brady. Getting deep. All right. Next one. Hello, Goodbye, The Beatles. I like so, that song. I, I like it too. Um, so John Lennon, his two most disliked songs were this one. What 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 do you think the other one is? Hey Jude. 
now. Okay. Let it be. Now, are we going to delve into the psychia the psychology there that you know that "Let It Be" is a Beatles song, but it's a Paul song? Well, and and that's kind of what the little blurb here says. Uh, both were McCartney written, McCartney penned songs. Uh, so, was it the internal strife within the band between Lennon and, and McCartney? Could be. Yeah, could be. Um, just didn't have a lot of good things to say about those two songs for whatever reason. He, he didn't, all he said was, uh, hello, goodbye. Just wasn't a great piece. That was his uh, quote with that. So at least he was proper sounding. Yes. Yeah. Wasn't hateful. All right. Next one. Now this one surprised me, not because it was on the list, but because of the reason why. And I, I guess I've never really delved too much into the deeper meaning of this song because I didn't really think it had a deeper meaning, but apparently it does. Parentheses, you gotta, parentheses, fight for your right, parentheses, to party, exclamation point, parentheses. (laughs) (laughs) Semicolon ampersand. (laughs) Um, Wowzer. Um, You, I mean, uh, I love License to Ill and the Beastie Boys. I've seen them a couple times live. Don't mind you. I know this is going to shock people, but it's not on my everyday playlist. But um, I love that so much when it came out. Um, it but was different. I, it, it was different. And it, I, I don't want to, but Eric, um, I want you to read your explanation because I read the uh, Beastie Boys uh, autobiography biography thing. And um, I've got a comment on it, but I want to hear what this article says. All right. So according to this, they didn't regret the song as much. What they regretted was the way it was received. Because the song was meant to be satire. So it was it was satirizing people who party all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, the the people who uh, were fans of the song took it as a, hey, this yeah. is a song about party, and uh, this is what you're supposed to do, and Beastie Boys love to party, and yeah, not the case. Like I said, um, I, I'd ne- I've never uh, delved into the deeper meaning of that song, because I didn't think it had one, but apparently it did. Um, The explanation, like this, bi- the biography, what it really wasn't as much about the song, but as the image where the Beastie Boys, th- those were made up characters. Um, yeah. Mike D, King Ad Rock, MCA, that the, 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 the Beastie Boys persona at that time really wasn't them. It was them playing a character. Right. And, um, and then people either took it seriously or they didn't get the joke. Like you said, you know, it became an anthem, and that's not what they were trying to say. They were playing characters. Right. And, um, you know, to, to list all their accomplishments, I mean, it's I'm, it, it, it's just low-key stuff. They're fascinating people. But, um, I and mean, I, th- th- I think eventually they really transformed into what oh, they wanted to be. Right, right. Rather than these characters, like you said. Exactly. So, continue on. Just a great 
you know, the, the, the impact of that song's huge. It is. But, <laughs> but apparently for the wrong reason. For the wrong reason, to, yeah. According to them. Anyway. So from a song that surprised me as far as the uh, reason behind the musicians hating it to a song that I'm totally not surprised <laughs> as to why the musician hated it. Smells like teen spirit. So why do you think Kurt Cobain hated smells like teen spirit? I got to watch myself. Cause I'll go on a Nirvana Cobain rant. Um, I won't delve into that, but um, I, I'm sure. And I'm being a little bit cynical about him because my thoughts on him, but like, um, it's like, Oh, now look, we're popular. We don't like being popular. We're making fun of popular. So we're miserable. Precisely. But yeah. Ugh, yeah. Uh, too famous. If you want to put it into two words. Song made us too famous. We don't want to be famous. We want to be the uh, antithesis of famous. So therefore, we hate the song that made us famous. Um, Dismissed. So the quote by Cobain, I can barely, especially on a bad night, get through teen spirit. I literally want to throw my guitar down and walk away. And I don't believe a second of it. Well, nor do I. All right. Next one. Pinball Wizard. The Who. Huh. So from the uh, rock opera Tommy. Um, of course, in, in the song... Uh, uh, the pinball wizard is a uh, isn't Tommy the pinball wizard? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, it's yeah. been a while since I've thought of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, Pete Townsend described pinball wizard as one of the worst pieces he's ever written, despite it being one of their biggest su successes. So, uh, yeah, I, and and it could be just one of those things where, and now John. Now, now I am going to talk about sticks, John, because John said Domo. Uh, so this song was written as a way to fit into this opera. And just happened to it be It was coming. a plot device for the, the rock right, opera. Right, right, right. So Sticks' album Kilroy was here in 1983, had a song called Mr. Roboto. The only purpose of Mr. Roboto on that album was to explain the story of the, the origin. Uh, right. And if you look at the lyrics, it talks about, you know, how this guy uh, basically was put into prison and he got out wearing a Roboto outfit. And it, re it really makes no sense in the context of a song, a standalone song, but it does make sense in the context of the whole rock opera. Kilroy was here. Right. And it, the 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 video of uh, Caught in the Act Live has that seventeen minute like mini movie of Kilroy was here, uh, so that that really explains some things. If you ever want, you probably find it on YouTube. I'm assuming, but uh, uh, Brian De Palma directed it, so I mean it was high highbrow stuff for the time. But anyway, turns out the record company wanted to release the song, and you know the. Dennis DeYoung really didn't want to, but did, became a hit, and yeah, the rest of the band hates it. Well, but but now they play it. Yeah, so, you know. 
So I'm assuming Tommy is uh, something similar to to that. Yeah. All right, next. My heart will go on, Celine Dion. There is no reason for me to recoil from that. Like, okay, let's say you heard it for the first time. Yeah. Good performance, but it it, it schmaltz and and after you hear it so many times and the whole yeah, yeah. So, do you think the song would have been as big if it not were not for the movie? No, not Agreed. at all. Agreed. Because I don't know about you, but every time I hear that song, movie imagery comes into my mind. It's not anything yeah. else other than Titanic in my mind. Yeah. But the, she, she was she was reluctant at the time. Celine Dion was, then she kind of changed her tune on it. I, I think she's fine with it now because obviously it made her a lot of money. But anyway, next one Rainbow in the Dark, Dio. Okay. Uh, I re- yes, I read a lot of music biographies. So don't get judgy out there. You're Budley. But um, I read the Dio biography, Rainbow in the Dark, this summer. I don't recall that being said. Okay, so here, here was his description, which I guess maybe didn't appear in your book, but uh, he described the song as being too poppy. Okay, yes, I do remember him having concerns about because he's the prince of metal, you know, and Rainbow, Rainbow in the Dark is, um, I might even be wrong, it might have come before Holy Diver, but the imagery is the same. It's a heavy song. There's nothing right. It's just that that uh, heralding the keyboard, the thing. And I think that's what he had the biggest issue is he was afraid it was going to soften the image too much. Well, hold on here. I'll I'll play it. Here we go. It's coming. Ah, Ah, commercials. Skip. Here we go. That's metal. I think so. This part. I was going to say that that's a classic synthesizer line right there. It is. But I think if you are a devil horns flashing, you know, the image you're crafting, you don't want that pleasant heralding. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's good so would you say that this maybe was the original hair metal um i mean it, it could be uh this song no no i don't think it is but well but it, it it's it's kind of in that same vein it, it is it is but this is the darker side not the uh the the it's the it's the darker side of heavy metal and not the um the la rainbow makeup it's still coming right. through the speaker yeah, no, I there just we haven't stopped it yet okay and um but yeah it, i just don't think it was quite metal as he wanted it to be yeah all right next one and now we're getting into these songs that i i'm not as familiar with creep 
TLC. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say, uh, radio. Yeah, I'm well, I, I don't know this song. Um, well, I'll, I'll play it, and I, I didn't really know it either, but uh, we'll uh, we'll give her give her a spin here. So, so why don't they like it? That are you? Does it sound familiar now? No. This would not be my jam at all. No. But I. Know um, so, what don't they like about it? All right. So, what they don't like about it is. Uh. It, it was just left eye loops, Lisa left eye loops. She could mm-hmm. not get behind it. She was completely against the message, which was about a woman cheating on her significant other in retaliation after he cheated on her. Huh. So it's about the actual lyrics of the song, which, you know, I can, I can get with that. Makes sense. Yeah. And maybe she had that happen to her. I'm not sure, but anyway, Speaking of creep, creep by Radiohead. Ah, that's right, a great so, song. Uh, according to uh, an interview in Rolling Stone, guitarist Johnny Greenwood didn't like the song when they were recording it. He tried to sabotage their takes, but his strange guitar noises actually made it into his final cut. How about that? So that's one of the crunchiest guitar moments. That is such a Huge jarring sound. So, Hold on. Um, I'll, I'll play a little snippet here. What? Uh, oh, I, I get these Liberty Mutual. Uh, Got my YouTube music on the wrong. Here, let's. That's a very young radio head. Bit. That there's, sound. There's that, yeah. <laughs> Which was meant to sabotage the takes, and they kept yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely know that creep versus the other creep. All right, next. Once again, back to the Beatles. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, Let It Be. Um, again, it was a John Lennon-McCartney thing. Um, so uh, Lennon complained the song didn't sound like the Beatles. That was his main deal with it. Uh, went so far as to say it may as well have been performed by Wings, which is McCartney's other band. So... Uh, I don't know. What, what What are your thoughts on that? Do you think Let It Be sounds like the Beatles? I mean, I might be the wrong person to ask because, you know, I came along. I, we were older when we when I started appreciating the Beatles. Wasn't alive when it was, you know, originally came out. But, um, I mean, I think Let It Be is, once again, quintessential Beatles. But that's because I'm looking at it from a distance, not at that time. Correct. So, I don't know. 
Uh, but you can't really think of one without the other for the most part. Just one yeah. of those deals. All right. Uh, honestly, the rest of the songs on that list, I, I don't really know. There may be some, some in the audience know. I do not. I can't speak uh, intelligently um, on them. But uh, um, and Before we like move on, like extreme, more than words. That yeah. I that that's usually on the top of about a lot of these lists because it was so. I mean, it was a great song and they liked it, but it was so not them, right? And um, then they got the pressure of like they wanted the record company wanted them to be a ballad band all the time. So not a, not a fair assessment of their work, but it but are it's their biggest song. So correct. All right, so I, I lied. I'm not moving on just yet because I, I got a couple more here that I can speak. So I know you can speak on them. Wonderwall. <laughs> yeah. So, Brady, you're the uh, quintessential Oasis expert. Tell me why. Oh, no, I'm not the expert. I'm just a big fan of Bill DeHass is out there. Um, he is the expert. Um, but I am a huge Oasis fan, uh, much to a lot of people's chagrin. <laughs> and, but um, what I've heard, the quotes I've seen is Wonderwall um, is about an, an ex-wife, and it just kind of causes him emotional pain to some degree. And much like Stairway to Heaven, it's been co-opted as they go to, um, you know, somebody grabs a guitar and that's, usually a go-to right. and it got worn thin but those are the two stories i've heard okay so here's a liam gallagher quote from 2008 quote i can't effing stand that effing song every time i have to sing it i want to gag Unquote. um not the right guy to ask because the other brother wrote it and the two brothers are estranged so there's going to be some and there's some um, Lennon-esque echoes here that the other guy wrote it, and it's the biggest song, and they their egos have a hard time with that. Right. So. Okay, so one more here. Um, shiny happy people. Near, 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 near. Um, by R.E.M., um, it's going to fall firmly into that Beastie Boys thing because it's a parody. Yeah. And it's not meant to be taken at face value. Well, so Michael Stipe had a uh, rather long quote about it. He said, I wouldn't say I'm embarrassed by the song, but it is what it is. Has limited appeal for me. I never badmouth. I never try to say anything bad about songs that I don't particularly like because there might be someone out there who hears that to whom the song means everything to whom that song represents something in their life, which is essential. And I don't want to take that from them. I, Good for him. my, my respect for Michael Stipe went up a hundredfold with that quote right there. So they, that, the, that's some respect right there for his the, Like I, that, that's so well said. He said what I wanted to say so well. Yeah. So the anti Ann Wilson. All right. So yeah, I, I, I lied. There was one more. And this is this is the last <laughs> one. <laughs> Cherry pie. Oh, oh th this is sad, but it, it it really makes me legitimately sad. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, warrants cherry pie. And if you're a, a person of a certain age, the video in the song 
you know, it was a big hit. It was a silly video. And, and let's just say that that song could not be made today. No. Um, it, it, it's a not exactly an enlightened tune. <laughs> well said. But, Our- um, but it's fine. Yeah. So, so here's the quote. Janie Lane wrote the song, former lead singer of Warrant. I hate that song. I had no intention of writing that song. And my legacy is cherry pie. Everything about me is cherry pie. I'm the cherry pie guy. (laughs) (sighs) I love that quote. Yeah. And and that's what makes me sad because that legitimately affected him. Yeah. Because um Warrant is it's it's fun hair metal, you know, love it, pleasant, but let, let's strip all the image away from it. Janie Lane was an incredibly talented singer and writer. Yeah. And um which which is what made it affect him worse. Yeah. Because we're not talking about somebody like me that hope that might have wrote a cruddy tune. And I'd be just thrilled. It wouldn't affect me as an artist because I don't see myself as an artist. You, you know what I mean? So, but Janie Lane was a legit talented guy and it just couldn't get over it. <laughs> and uh, Matt Young with the lyric quote, think about baseball swing all night. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. All right. Uh, yeah, that, that was, that was a good topic. Yes, like it said, there, there were, like I said, there were many more on the list I, I could not speak intelligently to uh, in regard to the songs, m- much more recent. And uh, as you may or may not know, I don't know if I've ever said this on the show before, but uh, to me, music is like wine. It must age for about 25 years before I think it's any good. So anyway. All right. All right, uh, before Brady gets uh, started on his topic here, want to remind you to visit our website. Uh, www.playbyyourpodcast.com trying to point my finger in the right direction there there we go um if you want to order one of our t-shirts you can do so click on the store link at the top of uh, any of the pages that you might go to on the website it will take you to uh, a page with a picture of the t-shirt you click on the t-shirt picture that will take you to uh, buymeacoffee.com and uh, you can by there on that platform so uh pay a visit look around uh, like i said all of our uh archive stuff is on there uh, in addition to uh, some background on the show so check it out check it out check it out okay brady <laughs> okay <laughs> um so my topic is gonna be fun and um I didn't tell Eric. Well, I just told him it's like, hey, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna do this topic, and he was a little bit puzzled. I could tell, but I wanted to save his reaction for. Um, I, I would say the word is bemused. Yes, 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 yes. I, you were bemused. You're like, what the heck, dude? So the topic is the best fast food mascots. Think about the the mascots that hawk the wares of fast food and um these are about the mascots that represent them and they're kind of ranked it's like a best of list 
Now, okay. uh, the, w- one of the funnier lists I saw was which one would win in a fight bracket. But um, like I said, we've done the brackets before. And let's, you know, this is just a list of the best fast food mascots. And I'm going to start off from this list, which it comes from um, restaurantclicks.com, actually. And um, the first so one on the list. Are, are these in ranked order? Are you starting at the bottom um, and going to the top? I, I am starting at the bottom and working my way up to number one, like the top okay. 40 countdown, not going in reverse order. Okay. So I'm going to jump in at number, it's good old lucky 13. And 13 on this list is the Taco Bell Chihuahua. The Yo Quiero Taco Bell. You know, the, in the, the, um, the Chihuahua was every place. There was Chihuahua Beanie Babies. And um, so it was a tiny, wee little Chihuahua dog. And it was always, you know, it was always on the ta- Taco Bell commercial with the punchline, Yo Quiero Taco Bell. Correct. And the, and the dog would say it. Yes. So, um, but I, I never could. The, the, little, the little guy, the little dog that was in the commercial, you know that when those were being filmed, he probably stuck away from his handler and that little chihuahua probably ate about three bean burritos and a chili cheese burrito. And, um, you know, that that dog had to get into some Taco Bell. <laughs> so, uh, I, I have no knowledge of Spanish. What does Yokiro mean? Um, and you asked me too fast. Um, I think it's basically, I want, I oh, have like, no knowledge of Taco Bell. <laughs> what does Yokiro? I was trying to ask you slower. So. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I gotcha. Okay. Um, the next one on the list, and I actually expected this one to be higher. Number 12 is Wendy from Wendy's fame. Okay. So it is the uh, redheaded child with the pigtails. Um, it was Dave Thomas's daughter, Wendy. Right, um, but um, w- <laughs> Wendy um has been around for years in different formations, but um, but she's also been uh, one of our friends can attest to um, when they used to do the hand puppets, <laughs> <laughs> and um, the just uh, you you can put the. Okay, I'll go ahead and say it. I'll, the frame will remain nameless, but when they were a small child, I think that in we won't get into the details, but I think the place was out of toilet paper and there was a wind, a the, like the the cellophane mitt um, puppets, and it had to be used as a cleansing tool. So, um, but so Wendy's is Wendy has been around a while. So, I, I and I know that this comedian is not fashionable. But one of the hardest I ever laughed was the first time I ever saw Carrot Top when he was on a, a late night show, and he's a prop comic originally, and he would move, he would do his hair real quick with two clips to make, it, and then he's he's a redheaded gentleman, and he would make himself look like Wendy, and then the first time you saw it, it was funny because you weren't expecting it. So anyway, right. um, let's go right on. And um, I would not put this on a best list because this has actually got in our most annoying list before. But number 11 is the Noid from Domino's Pizza. Yes. I would say I was annoyed by the Noid. Yes. The the commercials were pretty irritating. They were claymation. And the Noid was just like this ubiquitous. He didn't fit in any category. He was just someone randomly wearing spandex and a rabbit ear thing. 
and he was stealing people's pizza and harassing them while they were trying to get their pizza. So if you do a deep psychological dive into the Noid, he's probably one step from serial killer. <laughs> Was, wasn't the uh, saying, avoid the Noid? Yes. But if the Noid is your mascot, how am I going to avoid the Noid? By... Tricks over under. Like, why won't they give the darn rabbit some tricks when he's on the box? Right. So, so why are they trying to keep the product away from their pitch man? Now it's it's like that that um that the silly rabbit. I mean, he could have had a severe case of diabetes, so they were keeping it away from him for his health. But they just don't tell you that. <laughs> but no, it's just like no rabbit. You just I'm making the unilateral decision as a child not to let you talking rabbit have any of my cereal, and I'm going to deploy any means necessary to keep you from having a bite. But but they say tricks is for kids. The Noid, as you said, is the pitch man. So if you're telling me avoid the Noid, you're subconsciously telling me to avoid your establishment. Is that correct? correct. I mean, that's what I would think. And if, and in, in a best case scenario, it's saying, hey, your safety is at risk if you come to our restaurant because there will be a spandexed man chase you and try to steal your pizza. So neither message is good. No, it's not. Probably why the Noid did not uh, survive. They bring him back every now and then. Like, I, I've seen references to it, so it gets to be a little bit of nostalgia about how irritating you actually found it. Right. Um. So the next one, sticking with pizza, is the Little Caesars guy. The pizza, pizza. Pizza, pizza. Yeah. So, um, I mean, he doesn't have a huge role except for those two words. Correct. But he's in every commercial. And so, yeah, he's pleasant. I, I, I'm all right with that. Well, and, and he he's is an understated the, one. He's he's who the uh, whole place is named after, right? He's a, he's a little exactly. Caesar. The, the diminutive monarch. <laughs> um, so um, the next one on the list is the Burger King King. The one with the plastic head. Right. And, which, and the... Uh, evil smile oh yeah yeah and um so i would what i would like to know is when that commercial started out did they think it was that creepy or were they being like ironic and in on the joke that hey this looks creepy i would hope the latter yeah unless, the latter. because if they didn't see that coming that research the research and development and marketing team really whiffed on that one yes i would not trust their judgment in the future um, okay, an underrated one. It's okay. not too it's not too often where we celebrate career criminals. So when we talk about fast food mascots, we have to put the hamburglar on this list. Robble robble. Rabble robble. <laughs> so um go ahead. Go ahead. So the hamburger uh, what what was even that word? I mean, he said robble robble. R O B B L E because he's a burglar and he's burgling, but burgling. So if he says if he went burgle burgle, that just sounds like he's having like an intestinal issue. But if he says robble robble, it's got the verb in the word because he's going to rob them uh, of their beef. I guess probably the best. <laughs> Don't what? Want your beef, don't want your beef to be wrong. <laughs> uh, so, 
the Hamburglar was not a good communicator, and no. he was a and he was a thief. But he was smiling, and he see. I kind of always thought that he stole Zorro's hat too. True. Um, but you know, he was very non-threatening. You actually felt for the guy, like he was probably just hungry. You know, they True. put him in the striped. If the Hamburglar came out today, would he be wearing an orange jumpsuit? Hmm. Probably not. Yeah, that's different connotation. So, speaking of McDonald's, did you <laughs> see uh, the adult Happy Meals? Yeah, and they, um, and, and they and they have these characters with six eyes. Okay, now now I got to find a picture. Keep keep going. I'll find okay. a picture. All right. So, um, after the Hamburglar. We have another McDonald's staple. Grimace. Grimace. The purple plug looking thing. And of course, as Eric has always famously said, <laughs> he's named plug. after something he's not doing. Right? He's smiling all the time. Yeah, he's not grimacing. It's the opposite of Grimace. I now see the thing is Grimace is not a common enough word. You know, when they call, you know, the biggest person on the floor tiny, or when they, you know, call the um, the most unathletic person there, they call him champ. Um, yes. Is that what the deal is? Grimace, haha, because he's always happy. Could be. That's a little bit too heady. All right, so but, I, um, I, I, fa- I found a picture here. Okay. We're still on McDonald's. I'm going to share the right tab. <laughs> Um, but while that's coming up, Grimace is of questionable shape too. Um, we're not exactly sure what Grimace is, but he is beloved. Yeah. What am I looking at? So this thing here is called the cactus buddy and it's in an adult happy meal and it has numerous eyes. Yeah. There's a grimace with numerous eyes. I don't I don't get the concept. Um yeah, I can't even opine. I, I have no idea what the deal is. It almost has a Mr. Bill look to it. True. I can see that. Okay. Uh, yes, you can get your adult happy meal with some strange character. Well, sorry, adult happy meal fields sounds Slightly scandalous, too. It sounds tawdry. Yeah. What is on the interstates? You'll get the adult Happy Meal by going through the drive-thru of the lion's den. (laughs) So, uh, shouldn't an adult Happy Meal come with, like, alcohol or something? Yeah, that's what I think. The McBooze. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Not sure why that struck me so funny, but it did. Well, McBeer, McWine, <laughs> McYag. I'm thinking of all the uh, McCrum. Um, so that is that is McDac- a very interesting McDacry. McDacry. So, um, like in the old detective, if this was the 1940s, and they were at a McDonald's getting 
adult beverages, would somebody have to slip him the McMickey? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on to and there is um, a couple more McDonald's characters, but I will tell you one that is left off the list. And um, I want Mayor McCheese back. He was a leader, darn it. And after he left office, he was never heard from again. This is true. He 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 got on he got on that burger copter and left office in a smooth transition to power, and we've not heard from Mayor McCheese. Now do we do we not know about Mayor McCheese's political scandals? Uh, well, we don't maybe, know. Maybe maybe he was impeached and removed. He, he might have been. Because um, he might have offended the Impossible Burger, and so they're on different sides of the you know political or the burger fence. So, and then one side always wants to double the burger, and so anyway. So what? What are the other McDonald's characters? Um, I want to. I want to see if this one I'm thinking of is on there. Okay, so hold on. There is that one. Okay, so yeah, that grimace was the last one. Some other ones that. That could be there's the fry guys. Yeah. There's the goblins that always tried to steal your fries. Correct. Um, they're oh who's the bird? The 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 bird is the one I was thinking of. Yeah. I don't remember. Mac tonight, the the moon that would sing. Yeah. So but yeah, there was quite a few McDonald's characters in um so Grimace possibly one of the last ones on the list so we go to the next one now this is unusual because it's not animated in any way but it's the chick-fil-a cows okay so uh just as a side note birdie the early bird that's it and instead of getting the worm she got a mcmuffin correct i'm not making that i remember that being the commercial correct the early bird gets the mcworm and the mcmuffin so (laughs) All right, so the Chick-fil-A cow, is that what we The Chick-fil-A cows, who are not animated in any way. They're actually, you know, cows, and they have them in uh, slightly um, anthropomorphic poses, you know, when they're doing jobs. And then, but but here's like, ha-ha, eat more chicken. But once again, you peel back a layer, those cows are asking you to murder someone else. Kill that guy instead. True. Yeah. True. Now it uh, psychopathic okay. behavior. Well, or or desperation. We got we got to look at it that way. It was survival instincts. But why have they not thought of this? If Chick Fil A ever rolls out a fish kind of thing, so think of like a fish fillet where yes. it's um some harish fillet that is uh, prepared maybe the same way. But 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 here's the thing. Please tell me when that rolls out. It's just got the cow with a fishing pole. That would be ingenious. Yep. And then it would be a tie-in with Bass Pro Shops, and they can make lots of money together. Procter and Gamble. Anybody out there wants to hire me, I'm available. So since the cows can't spell correctly, it would have to say eat more fist. (laughs) Yes. Ironically, as they have the uh, paintbrush on their hoof, so yes, hard to use a paintbrush without an opposable thumb. 
That is correct. Or fingers in general. Now, a goat, because it has a cloven hoof, it could, like, rest in betwixt the hoofery as it painted, but a cow's just got a unihoof. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> Sorry. I think I can just drop the mic after that one. I just used the word hoofery. Okay, um, so the next one is one that I think is generally the people that love them, really love them, and the people that don't. But we are talking about Mr. Charles Entertainment Cheese, Chuck E. Cheese. Yes. And, um, you know, old Chuck is not exactly an attractive mascot, but we love him. Chuck has some cohorts. Like the, the bears. Chuck has cohorts? The the bears, like in the little show at Chuck E. Cheese, right? Are they considered mascots? I don't know. Hun E. Bear? Is that what the name is? I didn't no, know. No, it just sounds like it should be. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. It does. It does. But um, the Chuck E. Cheese, um, it, it, what is insane is, um, yeah, I, I have a fifth grade, a son that's in fifth grade, and he came of age when this this game, this app, these YouTube videos came out, but um, it's Five Nights at Freddy's, and it's okay. a video where we're set in a place, but basically it's modeled after Chuck E. Cheese, where all the animatronic things that are no longer used in the shuttered parody of a Chuck E. Cheese. And uh, honestly, it's a frightening concept. But Chuck E. Cheese, that's what some people get disturbed about, is if they, st they, they still have the old animatronics sitting there idle. And you don't see creepy. animatronics much anymore. No, Chuck E. Cheese and the Hall of Presidents at Disney World, or show, Showbiz Pizza Place that had the uh, gorillas that played. True, but Showbiz Pizza Place is no longer open. Correct. I, I'm talking about where can you see your animatronics now? Chuck E. Cheese and the Hall of Presidents at Disney World. True. That's and it. that was groundbreaking at the time, the animatronics. Yep. It, it, it was stunning stuff. So realistic for the time. Okay, um, the next one. <laughs> I forgot about this guy, but the Arby's oven mitt. The so, mitt that would talk so, to you. So, so who is the more popular oven mitt? The Arby's oven mitt? Or the Hamburger Helper oven mitt? I don't think Hamburger Helper was an oven mitt. I think the Hamburger Helper guy was just a hand. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was just a hand missing, in a, missing a digit and for some reason is wearing white gloves. A helping hand, if you will. A helping hand. <laughs> I don't know why they call it Hamburger Helper. It tastes fine just by itself. Um, <laughs> uh, seems like it was another oven mitt mascot of some sort. Um, um, maybe I'm just stuck on that uh, hamburger helper hand. Yeah, but I and I'm getting the Pillsbury because I'm trying to think of uh the hamburger helper hand also kind of did one of those <laughs> things. <laughs> and uh, well, anyway, so. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. Okay. So uh, the Arby's oven mitt too. And this is an upset, ladies and gentlemen, because they have Ronald McDonald. 
they have him at number three. <laughs> See, with a little, with a little squiggly thing right above the. Is it the squiggly McDonald's thing, McDonald's. or is it the two little dots? No, that'd be Ronald McDonald, like in Hagadaz, the the two little, you know, yeah. <laughs> we are not serious people, Eric. No, we're not. Um, but yeah, Ronald McDonald. Do you think it'd be the the um? He'd be number one. Yes. I mean, if you were if you were to ask somebody who's the most well known fast food mascot, I do. Who do yes. you say other than Ronald McDonald? I don't know. I'm not sure. Um. Okay, I hate to pause for a moment, but uh, my daughter that is on crutches has just sent me a text that she's locked out of the house. Well, so, I found I found a. Uh, Tell the audience. Found an article uh, concerning the oven mitt of uh, Arby's, which I will share a picture of the oven mitt uh, here. So as you can see, the article called Why Arby's Oven Mitt Mascot Was a Total Flop. Put it full screen there. There's a picture of uh, said oven mitt. And uh, Not back. so uh, scrolling on down there, uh, the, the oven mitt's lifespan was cut short uh, in 2003. <laughs> <laughs> Why does the mitt look angry there? <sighs> I don't know. Uh, they they embarked on an $85 million advertising campaign around the oven mitt. <laughs> and did you know that Tom Arnold voiced the oven mitt? I did not know that. Well, there you go. Uh, Arby's launched a prolific ad campaign that showed the mascot singing Volare, doing push-ups and sit-ups to prepare for a new sandwich, <laughs> going on a joyride with coworkers, getting dizzy from being forced to wave to too many people, and becoming distressed upon learning he possesses neither ears nor a nose. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, here we go. Uh, some, like a progressive diner, which is a website about food, I believe, blame its similarity to the hamburger helper mascot for the demise. See, now I'm thinking, see, I was thinking in my mind, doesn't it seem like the hamburger helper mascot? Um, some say his shape is too similar to the Arby's cowboy hat logo. <laughs> well, maybe that's some, where some like blogger Nick Davies were confused about its name and the recall of uh, Arby's oven mitt premiums in 2004 might have contributed to its demise. Unbelievable. I mean, there there's go. nothing wrong with oven mitt. It's just, you know, kind of random. Just, just out of place. Yes, absolutely. Now, number two is one that, because where we live, we are Midwesterners, and we're not as familiar with this, but number two on the list is Jack in the Box. Yes. Who is very Mr. Bill looking. Yes. Um, He's a claymation character, 
and um being a midwesterner we did i mean in our area we did not grow up with jack-in-the-box or jack-in-the-box commercials i think there are some around here now though Th- there are now but like you would have to go to other parts of the country sort of like in an burger yeah where or you know some of our listeners that are not from the ohio area um if you come to cincinnati to get skyline and gold star it's kind of yeah. more of a regional thing in and out burger whataburger yeah things that aren't around here but Yes. And so are we ready for number one? Yes. What is number one? And um, so, Eric, this is the reason that I picked this topic. Because um, number one is Colonel Sanders. The most iconic fast food mascot. Now, I still think I I would have wrong. I don't know. I was going to say, that's a rough fight between the Colonel... And his wee beady eyes. His wee beady eyes that makes you craving that eye. Um, <laughs> and uh, Ronald McDonald. And Ronald McDonald. <laughs> um, but no, here is why. <laughs> this is terrible. Why this came up tonight. Because um, I picked up my children some um, drive through KFC. Because that's the, what they wanted. And... Um, it's like, okay, you know, doing this tonight, this is going to save me rib cooking tonight. So I got them on Wednesday. They're a takeout KFC. Yes. And um, Ridge got to talking about, it's like, you do, do you know why KFC is so good? It's because of the Colonel's love of doing it and the seven herbs and spices. But he said, I'm not sure what they are. And then I made the wise crack. Well, they're the Colonel's boogers. That's it. That's the secret ingredient. They're Colonel boogers. And he was repulsed and a little bit angry with me for a couple of minutes. And then I got to giggling is like, I felt like I had like blasphemed the Colonel, which is by making an innocent joke, which led me to get to thinking about other mascots. The Colonel will find you and make you pay for that. Work me over with that cane. Don't want to get any <laughs> blood on his matlock. You know, you know, he was an efficient machine, but he never stained that suit, man. <laughs> Yeah, you, you got to have some uh, some guts, let's just say, to wear a white suit all the time. Yes. Even Except. after Labor Day. Absolutely. But. So, okay, I, I'm going to get off on a little tangent here. <laughs> that saying, isn't it always after some Labor Day? When does it become not? When does it become not after Labor Day? When can you wear white again? Um, I think it's Memorial Day or sometimes something springy. It's symbolic of the, um, you know, spring and new life. I, I, you know, at least that's its roots, but I don't know. Not that I'm a fashion plate. So I, I can't get with Jack in the box being number two. I can't either. I, I, if, I if it's by sheer volume across these United States. You can't have McDonald's be number three. No, you cannot. Now, the now, Colonel, like I said, the Colonel, I can see being one or two. Mm-hmm. Not Jack in the Box being number two. Can't see that nope, at all. Not at all. And, um, you know, I was scouring lists, like, what got left behind. So, um. But these but the- are. These these are not all recent either. I mean, we no, talked about the not. oven mitt, which was put away. How about Burger Chef and Jeff? Oh, Burger Chef. I was actually going to bring them up, um, along with um, 
Oh, shoot. I just lost track. I don't remember this, but Quiznos. Um, yeah. Evidently, they had the Sponge Monkeys. Don't remember the Sponge Monkeys. Love me some Quiznos subs, though. I'm sure I've at a Quizno, but it just hasn't registered with me. I'm not remembering it. There was a location in Batavia, and I was upset when they closed it. But uh... Yeah. Good sandwich. Um, but I was trying to go through some other mascots, and nothing really jumps out. Like, um, you know, I can't think of any other animated, you know, unless you talk about Frisch's Big Boy, which yeah. we've talked about on this show before. Well, and it, that's not just Frisch's Big Boy. I mean, there are big boys all over the nation. It's Bob's Robert's Big, big boy. boy. Robert's, you're right, correct. Um, so, but then the question becomes, is Frisch's fast food? Um, it, it certainly runs that it, it it is above your typical fast food, but Frisch's was the protoplasmic. It, it it was the start of the evolution where it straddled that line between sit down, diner, and fast food, where it kind of blended the experience somewhat. Correct. Um, Subway. Was there a, a talking sandwich or anything? Um, of course, there was Jared. I don't call him a mascot. Duh. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, um, um, I just searched out list of fast food mascots. Uh, Dairy Queen's Curly Cone. I didn't I've never seen Dairy Queen's Curly Cone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cuppy of Dunkin' Donuts, which is a cup of coffee. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that one. No. Uh, let me see. Krispy Kreme mascot. There's a donut with a green Krispy Kreme hat. I think I've seen that before. Yeah. Uh, Little Caesars. Uh, Denny's. It's like a bunch of breakfast foods mascots. As Was a, it a lion? A, no. Okay. Oh, here. Let me... Uh, Show the share the screen here. Is this the Denny's guy? Yeah, these are Denny's. Yeah, what am I looking at? Was that the, that one looks like one of the sausage racers at um <laughs> at the Miller Milwaukee Park? Brewers. Yeah, yeah, the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, I see that one on the left is a pancake. Uh, yeah, the pancake with a pat of butter as a nose. <laughs> uh, there's your Chick-fil-A cow. Uh, the Chuck E. Cheese mouse. Jollibee. Oh, Jollibee. I, I don't know Jollibee. Uh, I, I've heard about Jollibee, but not super familiar. There's your Jack in the Box. Yeah. It looks like an inverted ice cream cone almost. Yeah. Noid does look a bit insane. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Subway's mascot. There you go. Sandwich. It's a Subway sandwich. Happy green eyes, adorable freckles, bubbly smile. Um, I don't think I've ever seen the I Subway sandwich mascot, Ronald McDonald. <laughs> Ron- Ronald Ronald needs some dental work, I think. Well, no, I mean the poor guy. He's got the like the 
alabaster white face. <laughs> Anything that's not a shade of pure, you know, ivory. No, nah, I, I think Ronald's about two packs a day is what I think. <laughs> uh, there's, there's the Dad. Burger King. King. That, that is yeah. creepy. It's like that Smile movie. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, Eric, uh, take that picture down real quick. Um. <laughs> I uh <laughs> I anyway um but yeah the burger king like thing it it was so terrifying to people the the the, the plastic headed king and then it went away and then they brought it back because people were nostalgic for the creepiness so he's had a couple iterations he's been and gone a couple times correct Oh my! But now all if right. they all got in a fight, I I'm gonna have to put my money with Grimace because he's large. Well, or I mean, big boy you... who could take you out with a slingshot. Well, there's that. No, but how do you deal with Grimace? I mean, you can't put your arms around him and, and like body slam him or anything. No, and there was no you know sharp edges to get you know he was all it was like it would be trying to like grab a smooth, you know, it'd well, be impossible. Well, but there's you know, no like neck. You... Well, then, yeah, and like in football, they say low man wins. I mean, at low center of gravity, I mean, you're not taking Grimace down. You're not. It's going to take a pretty good shot to get those two little tiny legs. Correct. Around this purple girth. <laughs> I will not comment on that. <laughs> Anything else? <laughs> Anything no, else? No, I'm good. No, I am good. Um, that just a fun topic of silliness. We kind of need that from time to time. All right, so that uh, rounds out episode one twelve of the Play by Your podcast. Uh, once again, the audio version of this podcast will come out on Friday morning at three a.m. Uh, Anchor.fm is our main platform. However, we also appear on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and the iHeartRadio app. And most anywhere else, you can find an audio podcast, any platform. Uh, Video-wise, uh, we are archived on our YouTube channel, as well as uh, Facebook. Uh, Facebook Lives are archived on our Facebook page and Twitch. Twitch, Twitch. Yeah. Uh, those are only archived for about two weeks, I think, though. Uh, social media, all the links are on our website, www.playbayerpodcast.com. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagrams. Uh, you can interact via email at admin at playbyyourpodcast.com. You can leave a voice message on any of those uh, platforms. You can, there's a link uh, on the iHeartRadio uh, app. You can uh, click a button that says Talk Back and leave a message for us, and we'll put that right into the show into the shoe anything else for the good of the order mr Lyman? Uh, no sir i'm just laughing at uh, how technology has changed things evidently uh, close to where we live um the high school i teach at there's a power outage so there was an online assignment and my phone's blowing up i've got a bunch of uh, messages just in the last 10 minutes we don't have any electricity i can't do my homework <laughs> yeah something to be said with the uh, paper and pencil yeah all right. Well, that'll do it. Once again, uh, we will be back here on Wednesday of next week for episode 113 of the Play By Your Podcast at 7 o'clock. Join us then. Brady? 
Have a good week and bye. Thanks for listening to the Play It By Ear podcast. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter at Play It By Ear Pod 2, and our website at anchor.fm backslash Play It By Ear podcast. Thanks again, and join us next time as we play it by ear.